you for tuning in. This is Druti Shah and welcome to the Resilient Entrepreneur podcast where every month I bring to you the story of an entrepreneur who is proven to be unstoppable because they are resilient. This podcast is a culmination of my own story of resilience. As someone who taught herself early on to be mentally tough, I came to realize that success stories are great to remain motivated, but true learning happens when you fail, you stumble, you reflect and you rise. This podcast is an attempt to bring to you to my listeners the situations that test your nerves, your grit and your resilience. If you listen closely, you will hear the entrepreneurs reflect and who knows you may have some light bulb moments yourself. The Resilient Entrepreneur is brought to you by C2C OD, a firm that specializes in bringing people and strategy together. With that, let's meet my guest today. Coming right up. Before I bring in my guest on our first episode of this wonderful new year, I would like to wish each one of you a beautiful, lovely and resilient 2024. May this new year be filled with boundless achievements for you and your loved ones. My guest today is someone who is deeply passionate about conscious living. She believes that everyone deserves a better food system and she's actively building one for all of us. Joining me in a few minutes is the dynamic CEO and founder of Wildemart, Shweta Thakur. Wildemart is a sustainable AI-powered health food store which offers over 1,500 products across 30 categories, ranging from certified organic staples to F&B, clean label artisanal food packaged foods to chemical-free personal and home care products. An alumnus of XLRI and Indian Institute of Management, Bangalore, Shweta started out as a banker at HSBC, handling roles ranging from strategy, data analytics to sales and marketing. After a very successful banking stint, she kickstarted her entrepreneurial journey and co-founded Graffiti Collaborative, a communication agency. Shweta describes herself as a mother of five furries, a vegan for 10 years, an environmentalist, a health feed, and a hippie child who has seen the difference food choices can make on her mind, body, and spirit. She is on a mission to empower people to be able to make more informed food choices. So here is Shweta for you. Hey, Shweta, so good to see you. Thank you for joining us Hi, today. Truthi. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me here. This my is actually pleasure. my first podcast, so I'm very excited. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. It's always good to be somebody's first, you know, especially <laughs> <in the> podcasts. <laughs> yes. Great. Shweta, so, you know, I was, um, we've had a conversation before. I've looked at uh, what you do. And from business banking to creative agency to Wildemart, what's been the journey like? Well, um, I think something that I have said i mean it happened when i was in college i went to uh, lsr and i was studying statistics and um, 
it happened the first time it happened was then wherein i understood what serendipity was uh, and you know b- basically i'd got through economics maths and statistics and i chose statistics which was the oddest combination and you know quite against my parents wishes because they're like when you're getting economics who chooses statistics but yeah. i did that and somehow you know with the dots connect now where you have to understand data and analytics it works out so i think most of my life has been like that uh, you know serendipity so you know things have been coming and i just say yes like the movie yes man i say yes to what comes my way and it just opens out into a beautiful space i think it's been a good journey Amazing. very diverse and and tell me a little bit more about wild march you know how did that come into being so again i mean it, i think the journey started very uh, early on about 10 years back and it started because uh, at that point in time i was i'm still very climate conscious and at that time i was trying to figure out ways and means to cut down my footprint uh, climate footprint and um, somebody i did all these you know switch off your tap and switch off the lights and don't turn on ac like i went for years without using air conditioning even now i don't use it for the most part but then someone told me uh, that have you looked at your food because at that time i was a violent meat eater so and then they were like have you looked at your food and the food print uh, and i was like no and i didn't even like obviously understand that there was something like food print at that mm. point in time and then i watched cowspiracy and overnight i went vegan from being a meat eater uh, and it's uh, 10 years this month now um, so um, i went vegan and then i started understanding about food because till before that i hadn't questioned my food it was a very business as usual kind of thing whatever i was being fed if i liked it i ate it if i didn't i didn't so it was all a palate based decision till then but when i started reading about food i understood that you know there's a lot of complexity in that in the food systems that have been designed today it how it affects the planet how it affects our health how it affects the animals the people on the journey and it is a very broken food system and so when i went on that journey of changing food and researching that that's when i started skewing towards health and by then i think 10 years back i had already started a lot of steps and measures of what i would call broadly healthy like i was never i've never been a workout kind of person but i've always watched what i'm eating not from a diet perspective but just like greasy food and stuff just doesn't sit well with me so i've kind of started connecting with my body a lot more and when i went vegan that happened a lot lot more where you know i could understand signals from my body you know when it was aching hurting what could have gone wrong and things like that so the journey of health started then and more than health i think personally for me it was this idea that how can something so basic which is food be so yeah. broken for yeah. all of us like we are 7 billion people trying to eat and we haven't got that right like so that's when it started irking me that i need to do something about that like i need to be part of the solution and not just you know just because i went vegan that can't be my only contribution to this game and which is where i think it started so at that time when i had an agency i started working with brands which were in the clean food space um then i started an event in bangalore called wilder fest which was essentially a flea market which was a vegan conscious first vegan market of bangalore and mm-hmm. um from there on that wilder fest kind of became wilder mart and it's just an extension of that journey of food that i've had and primarily around the aspects of food not just the taste of the food nice oh my god so there's of course this realization and i hear a very clear purpose um for why you're doing this it it's much yeah. more than a business idea right it absolutely that you are clearly very passionate about and you've done this massive research around it um 
one of the things I always hear in entrepreneurs and that impacts directly their mindset is you could be passionate about one thing, but when it comes down to the economics and, you know, you've studied that, when it comes down to that, how, how do your decisions get impacted, you know? <laughs> well, um, that is a mindset decision, actually, you know, so when I quit my career, I was... Um, uh, when I was with HSBC, I had just moved from Bombay to Bangalore and I was handling business banking in Bombay. And because you're from this tier 1B school, so you get to work with the business heads and stuff. So I had a fabulous uh, first work experience at HSBC. When I came to Bangalore at that time, I was literally peaking in that part of the career because I had done this massive 100 crore deal for the bank and the bank had given me like an award, Global Hero Award. The global CEO came down and gave all that. So Amazing. I was really peaking at my career at that point in time. And then a friend of mine asked me, hey, Thakur, you want to start, everybody calls me Thakur, but yeah, <laughs> hey, you want to start a business? Uh, I'm like, cool. Like like I said, serendipity. I'm like, okay, it came my way. And I'm like, okay, what do I have to lose at this point in time? Because, you know, I'll try it out for a couple of years. If it doesn't work out, I'll come back to my job. I have no sure. um, liabilities to work towards or something. So I was very free in my mind when I took that first step towards entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I think that was about 12, uh, 13, 14 years back. And I think I got addicted after that <laughs> because that rush that you were feeling was not of building something and of creating something was not the same rush that I was feeling at my job. And and of course, I took obviously there was no money. <laughs> there was no money at all at that point in time. And the money has been way lesser than, you know, what I would have earned in my because I know where, what my peers are and where they are in their careers. Yeah. But um, and it comes down sometimes, you know, you have those dark moments and you're like, shit, what am I doing with my life? And was this the right decision? But you wake up and it's a fresh day and you're like, yep, absolutely the right decision. So I'm very happy with where I am in my life. And I have no regrets that I did not earn as much my family has a lot of such regrets my parents are like oh you go to a b school and this is what you do after that this you could have done without that i'm like yeah, yeah cool it just happens but, but yeah. yeah so it, it is tough um and financially it gets uh struggling at at points in time and the economics don't always work out but i think it's about staying on track and knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it like you said in my case it's and I, I tell everyone, it's not actually passion. It is just purpose. It is just purpose. I believe that with my time that I've been given on this planet, I need to do something more than myself and my immediate circle of people. And yeah. this is my my legacy or this is my way of contributing to the world today. So that drives. And when that mental switch happens, no, it just it just drives you. And yeah, you can you can take a few lesser holidays and buy lesser clothes which I anyway do because I'm climate conscious so a lot of my expenses are anyway not there so it's been comfortable that way yeah it just suits your overall lifestyle sounds like that right it, it does falls it very does. much in place with that and and that's really I heard a little bit around uh, of course there is the financial pressure a little bit right and uh, the yeah. social aspect of it as well how do you cope with something like that because I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through that, right? It, it's not yeah. always easy to make that decision. And you were lucky that you did not maybe have the financial uh, liabilities or debts uh, to take care yeah. of. There are people out there who really want to become an entrepreneur, but are just stopping themselves short because they're like, oh my God, how am I going to support my family if this goes on? Yeah. For you, um, you know, given that, okay, maybe the financial pressure was not as dire, but there was clearly mm. a social aspect of it as well. 
how did you handle that by not caving in how did you stand strong <laughs> well um so what happened with the social circle is that the social circle itself shifted for me because when i started uh, my entrepreneurial journey till before that my entire social circle was my b school friend circle right and which is a very different friend circle mm-hmm. and when i started uh, even even at a workplace i would still hang like even at hsbc there were these uh, graduates who had come from the schools and you would start hanging around with them or seniors and stuff like that so your social circle was slightly high profile i would say in that sense uh, seniors and stuff but when i started up um at that time because also because i started a creative agency i went from being in a finance world to a complete shift where there was like completely disorganized bunch of people you know writers and designers and filmmakers and their point of view on life was very different like and what happened to me at that point in time was that this entire structure broke down for me like till before that i was this very milestones person like who all of us are we are raised like that mm-hmm. so my parents had said these milestones in my life you need to have a career you need to get married you need to have children and things like that and that entire setup broke down very early for me 4 years into my career it completely broke down and i was like wow i was living in a bubble at that point uh-huh. in time yeah. and when i came out here i met a lot more people a lot and i realized that those b school crowd was very small percentage of the rest of the world and yeah. i'm like oh my god i have been living in a bubble and this is the real world so my social circle actually changed and then i started hanging out with these artists and designers and stuff because i wanted to understand how they view the world and of course i was learning a lot because as a career i had taken a career change about into a field that i had no idea about so mm. i started spending a lot of my time with them and i think then it just happened that okay the b school culture stays in some part when i go for a diwali party or something like that <laughs> but a large part of my social circle itself shifted so i became one with a larger group of people i moved out from that top 1% into the 99% and you know um, so th- therefore it didn't affect there but if you ask me quite honestly does it affect me when i go back into that circle and meet people maybe i mean quite honestly sometimes it does because you look at their lifestyle and stuff and <clears throat> honestly i love my life but still when you go into that lifestyle you feel like all right will i be asked questions which i am not wanting to answer not because i don't i mean i can't answer i would love to answer but then your view of me would change for some reason so you have to really understand me to be able to understand what i'm doing and thankfully my immediate friend circle from my school is really really honest i I think they've been very honest bunch of friends right from the beginning and they know me so they know that I will behave a certain way so yeah. they don't expect anything less of me or anything more of me than what I am so that's yeah. also been very good i think from the family side it's been a little off <laughs> because my parents are not that proud of me anymore which they were when i went to a b school and i went to a bank and i was earning a salary that my father had never earned so you know it was something to really shine about and after that they're like yeah cool she's doing a business we're not entirely sure what <laughs> so yeah. after that they stopped talking about it so the family side of it gets affected but i think the friend side is still cool of course of course and what i'm also hearing is you know but creating your own tribe in that sense uh you know yeah. connecting with people who really share your purpose your values and your goals um yeah. other than dragging yourself uh, in a direction that you know your heart is not in it right and and exactly. that takes you so far and the way 
I am looking at it is, you know, thinking about will the first or will the mart, it's just the start of something beautiful, right? Yeah. And, and you are still in that, um, I mean, I know it's not been, you know, more than a decade or anything like that. You, you're still getting started in that sense. And that's the beauty yeah. of entrepreneurship, right? That you are getting started almost every day because another idea and you pivot, you know, another idea yep. and grow, you scale. You just don't know what's waiting for you. And I think that's absolutely strength to kind of hold on to that and yeah. say, you know, I believe that this is my purpose and, and your words, you know, I've, I've been put in this world to do something bigger and I'm going to do it. That's it. Come what may. And yeah. the rest will figure yeah. out. You know. Correct. Yeah. So I, I, I completely uh, relate to that in that sense. Have you had, uh, you know, in, in talking about having a support system, have you had any mentor or coaches along the way that have really supported you? Or has it mainly been leaning on this, uh, you know, this amazing group of people that you're with? What has that been like? So I've had at different stages, I would not, I mean, I really would love to figure out if there's a long term mentorship relationship that people have had. A lot of them have had that and it's been fairly lucky for them, I guess. For me, I think at different stages of my career, different people have come and played that role out for me. So when I was with HSBC, um, the head of business banking at that point in time was the coolest guy and you could not have a better first boss, right? He just... He just did not look at me in any other way. So which is why one of the things that happened for me was also that this unconscious bias that you have uh, for women at workplaces and therefore the career for, from then on. And I'm asked a lot of questions about women entrepreneurship. That boss of mine made the difference, I think, in my life because he never saw me as something else other than an individual that was working on it. And because of that, my mindset from there on was like that, that I never saw people for gender, race, any kind of business. They were just individuals who had a certain skill and talent to give in. So right. he was really mind blowing at that time. When I moved into an agency, I had a couple of people from other agencies and other clients, actually seniors in the industry who saw what I was doing. And again, I had come from a place, very different place, not from, you know, the Ogilvy's of the world where typically that's how you start an agency. You work at an agency and then you start out. So it it was refreshing for them, I guess, because I was coming with no baggage like that or no preconceived notion. So I was challenging, you know, a lot of things which would have just been understood in an advertising space. So Right. Yeah, I think. And today, today, for example, uh, who I really love is Sairi Chahel. Um, she's been like a, a pillar for me because she's an investor with us. And okay. I truly did not understand. Um, I mean, I wanted when I raised my round last year, I wanted at least one female investor because I'm like, how can it be that there is nobody? <laughs> because, you know, women are my core audience and I am building a team. And today, honestly, I mean, while I say I'm not uh, biased towards a gender, but I love working with women today. So, I mean, it, and then I was like, no, I have to get a female investor. So she's been a pillar because she's kind of navigating a lot of things, helping me navigate a lot of things, mm -hmm. um, which I, I don't even know exists. So, for example, right. you know, that this this uh, boulder will come in your way. I don't see it right now, but she's probably seen it in her journey and she can tell me and warn me about it. Yeah. Uh, of course, vicarious learning is something that, you know, you seldom do unless you hit that boulder, you'll not realize, oops, boulder. But uh -huh. yeah, <laughs> but it yeah. helps. So. Absolutely. And people like them who become our role models, um, they kind of show us that boulder a little bit early on so that we don't yeah. get smashed into that. Uh, but Absolutely. I'm really sorry, because I have her interview in my book as well. And she is one hell of a lady. I love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Fantastic. I, I love people who call a spade a spade. Like that's the uh-huh. kind of people. And I and I've, I've been fortunate to be mentored and trained by people like that. So I think my personality also started kind of becoming more like that. Yeah, fantastic. And, you know, again, it, it comes to who we surround ourselves with, um, you yeah. know, it makes us who we are as an individual and has such a huge, immense impact on our experiences, right, as we move forward. Yeah. Um, have you had any kind of routines? Um, because I, I know of entrepreneurs, you know, who have a certain routine. There is also, you know, books on them like the 5am club and all. But yeah, <laughs> have you followed any routine that keeps you in that right mindset to go and get shit done, you know? I'm a very routine person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. So I'm a very, very routine person because I believe that kind of um, discipline, what it does is it cuts out the clutter in your head and honestly like I would not have thought of these things before like when you are in college and you're reading these books you're like "Eh, okay yeah no I don't know know? but when you actually start doing it you will see that it just changes like there are a bunch of things that I do which is like really set in stone so 5 a.m club yeah I mean for the last I think two years now I've been waking up at 5 a.m it has right. changed my game because those three, four hours that I get in the morning is yeah. just a very different undivided time where I can get a lot of stuff done. Um, you know, I have routine about my food. I have very good discipline with my food and that has helped like really over 10 years, the way I have eaten is has changed my body. Like I have energy, which is much higher. I can go yeah. for 12 hours working, not get exhausted, not yeah. miss out on my personal commitments to my friends, family, all of that. I'm able to manage my time. Uh, so my food has helped a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. What has also helped a lot is single tasking. Um, earlier, I was a very proud multitasker and like, oh my God, I can have so many tabs open in my head and oh, be yeah. cool about it. Uh, <laughs> later, I was like, nah, not worth it because you're not doing justice to anything then. Yeah. So now I literally calendarize everything. You want to talk to me, it has to be in the calendar. And I train my team like that. So. Nice. Uh, everything in my life has become about time and project management. That's essentially and people management. That is what I'm focusing on as an entrepreneur, but also as a person, as an individual. Like if you can manage relationships, that's people management. If you can find time for them, that's time management. If you have to take your pets to the vet, you know, that's that's also project management. Like, okay, in my day, it has to fit in somewhere. So it's all about routine because that really works out. It helps declutter a lot of things. So you're not thinking something like right now when I'm talking to you, I don't have anything running at the back of my head. So I'm totally committed to you and I'm in the present moment. And therefore, the whole experience of that is much, much richer. Yeah. In a, in a, yeah. And I don't know if you've read that book, right? The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Um, no, I haven't. It, but I've read the summary. <laughs> beautiful book. It's a beautiful yeah. book. And uh, I, I highly encourage you to read that. It's fantastic. And also also reading, you know, talking about routine and what keeps you really going. Um, I don't know if you have moments like that, right? But I was reading about Jerry uh, Seinfeld, uh, the famous actor, right? Yeah. And, he says that, you know, before I have to go in um, and on the set, right, uh, I'm in my green room. Um, how I get into that moment is I just wear my jacket and I walk the room back and mm. forth. And that gets me into the zone, right? And in, right. in terms of top performance or however you want mm. to put it. Mm. So I think mm. a lot of people have these little uh, habits, if I may. Um, yeah. To, to keep them in that zone. For you, for example, waking up at five really ensures that you remain on top of the day and yeah. in that, on top of the game uh, when it comes to your company as well. So fantastic. 
Um, any anything else, uh, Shweta, that you want to share, you know, with as, aspiring entrepreneurs or people who are already out there, not quite sure what they want to do, but maybe have a, you know, have an idea, uh, <laughs> taken the plunge. How, what, yeah. what pushed you uh, to do that? If you can share a story around that and maybe mm. a tip for them at a later point, that'd be great. So I think it's that mindset, which is about, not just entrepreneurship but it's a mindset in life that you need to have where you need to be open to what's coming like I have one of my tattoos uh, read embrace change and if you if you're not able to embrace change change is genuinely I mean however cliched it is change is the only constant you cannot avoid it you cannot run it run from it the harder you try to push away the more it will hit you in your face and not in a way that you like. So I think being open to just how the universe is and accepting it, like one of the, um, so once I had taken out time to actually train for Jeet Kundo, which is Bruce Lee's form of martial art. And what I had really liked in that uh, three month period was that I was being trained in Lao Tzu philosophy as well. So it was a lot of mind and physical training that I was going through. And one of the key aspects of Lao Tzu philosophy that I took away is the acceptance that there is a larger system at play and you're a mere cog in that. And the minute you can accept that, then you are prepared to do anything about it till you're fighting that fact that there is something bigger and larger. It's not going to happen for you. So when you are trying to even live life, I would say live life, accepting that there are bigger things at play. You're not, there's nothing in your control. The illusion of control is just an illusion. So, uh, so you take your chances. If you don't take your chances, like a friend very early on in my life told me that, hey, I've come back here talking to you because I don't want to take that chance of what if, you know, like you don't want to live your life with what ifs, right? So you want to live your life taking the chances and what's the worst that will happen? I have lived my life with a philosophy. If it's not dead, if somebody is not dying in the process, then that's not the worst. That yep. That's really the worst that can happen and, like, and which will also happen. It's not really worst. I mean, it's part of the process. But if I'm not killing anybody, I can take the chance. And um, so it is about taking chances. Some will work out, some will not work out and you have to be very unequivocal in your life about that like um accepting your defeats and your failures with your successes and all this stuff that they tell you in the books are for real and i think you realize <laughs> that only once you grow up you know when you're still in your 20s you're like ah, ah, all this cliche and stuff but it's all for real so you have to stay very calm in your head so I think spirituality for me has helped a lot of this navigation where you start accepting and letting go of things like you you cannot control everything and hence you take take your chances really so uh, if you're scared if you're wondering what will happen what is the worst that will happen really weigh it out two years you will live without salary you will not go out to party your lifestyle will change um, if you have kids of course you have a lot more responsibilities and if you have dependents you have a lot more responsibility so probably you have to think a lot harder but see if you can take that chance because what if it doesn't work out you can always go back right like right. unless you get addicted like me <laughs> you, <laughs> you love the pain that <laughs> you don't want to go back yep. So, yep. yeah so that's also why I have that that many tattoos because I got addicted to that pain for that period and it's fine like uh, it's okay you, you gotta live your life and what else is there to do actually if you think about it you know when you let go of all these small tiny pieces 
you have like 60 70 80 years of time what are you going to do with that time you have to at some point in time commit to yourself right a large part of your 20s you're living in like this whole rush of getting somewhere then you get married you have children and then when you come in your 30s you're like now what mm-hmm. you know like i have hit all those milestones that i had to and now the next milestone my kid is going to get married mm-hmm. so now in that middle is the time for you and which is why we are focusing and we are asking our customers to focus on health at that point in time but if you want to focus on entrepreneurship or taking those chances in your life please do yeah you know there's nothing I, better than that and and you know that's pretty much what truly staying resilient is all about right everything that you shared right from you know the purpose that you have uh, to creating a tribe for yourself that works for you right uh, to spirituality accepting for things as they are and accepting in you know the bigger picture maybe uh, buying into that entire philosophy and having that routine that really keeps you going right all of that so um shweta here is to taking chances and i really hope that uh, everything that you shared with uh, us today uh, will go on to inspire entrepreneurs i wish you all the very best uh, both thank in you. personal and professional life and you know stay resilient <laughs> thank you thank you so much to thee and i wish you the same you're doing something really fabulous and i think resilience is a message that people need to learn not just again in their professional life it's just a life thing you have to bounce back because again what else is there to do if you have a choice just to stay something you don't Yeah, so yeah, please you. please driving that resilience and tell people to be more resilient because I think we'll be better that way. <laughs> oh, of course, as a society as an individual. Exactly. It's always a pleasure to speak to a resilient entrepreneur and Shweta has definitely proven that more than once in her career. So let's bring in my producer Ramona. Ramona, what did you think of this conversation with Shweta Thakur? Hey Druthi. And uh, before I uh, share my thoughts uh, to all our listeners, hope you all doing well. Wishing you a fabulous year ahead. Please do keep tuning in to the podcast. Druthi and I have an exciting lineup of guests for you this year. Yep. <laughs> Coming back to Shweta's conversation, I loved her energy. You know the optimism that she literally embodies. You yeah. can hear it in her voice, in her journey. Uh, that very bring it on vibe. Uh, and i think that's got to be a great asset to have right when you are an entre- yeah, entrepreneur sure. and the other thing is uh, you know she referred to the yes man thing so so i feel like that open mindedness has served her really well in the journey shweta's definitely someone who does not shy away from challenges or new opportunities yeah. oh yeah and um, that's exactly what stood out for me as well you know, she's not a bystander to challenges she's mm-hmm. not one of those people who will operate from a place of concern and say oh my god you know the world is coming to an end it is devastating to see where we are headed when it comes to climate change and all of that she yeah she saw it and she said i'm actively going to solve for it i'm going to mm-hmm. do something about this so you know there are always choices we make you can either be a bystander or you can do something about it and she chose mm-hmm. to do something i love that that's who she is right and yeah. i think over a period of time what really came across uh, in our conversations that you know with patience and perseverance we figure it out mm-hmm. do we really have it in us to kind of stay true to our purpose you know to the path that we've, we've chosen for ourselves and say this is it i'm not going to digress yes i'm going to pivot if need be like she did but i'm not going to give up right mm-hmm. and that's what that says you know i just want to uh, quote her on this Take your chances. Do not live your life with what ifs. 
I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, so yes, with that, a beautiful episode comes to an end again. Uh, I get so energized every time I talk to these fabulous entrepreneurs. And I can't wait to bring a new entrepreneur to you all next month once again for the Resilient Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye.